just a, a word about the sermon. This is actually a sermon that's uh, ad- adapted from um, a sermon by uh, Reverend Philip Zelinsky. Uh, this was put in uh, Concordia pulpit several uh, years back, of a version of this. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Desperate times call for desperate measures. The people of Israel, they were hungry, even starving, as they journeyed through the wilderness. They felt pushed to their limit. They couldn't take it anymore, and pretty soon, the memory of meat and bread in Egypt clouded the memory of their slavery and their oppression that was there. They didn't remember the pain of the whip across the back. They could only think about the pain that was in their stomachs. They didn't remember the torture of slavery. They could only think about the fleeting pleasures of a meal. So what did they do? They grumbled. They would say to Moses and Aaron, What, did you bring us out into the desert to die? As if Egypt wasn't good enough for us. But what they were really doing was not grumbling against Moses and Aaron. They never prayed to Moses and Aaron to rescue them from Egypt. They prayed to God. And God rescued them by the hands of Moses and Aaron. This place was not a place of independence. God was not leading them from freedom from everything. He was leading them from freedom of slavery to a dependence on Him. Out in the desert, every single meal came miraculously from the hand of God. This was a place where they were to learn to trust God. The people rejected this proposal. And they rather wished that they were dead or in slavery rather than free and hungry. Can you relate to the people of Israel? I'm sure that you don't, but I have to ask, do you ever grumble about your situation? Of course you do. We grumble when we're working. We're grumble, we grumble when we're at school. We grumble when we're on vacation. We grumble when we're in the comfort of our homes and everything is going the way it's supposed to. It is so easy to point out where things could be better or how we could certainly do a better job if only we were in charge instead of our you know, incompetent boss. Or incompetent teachers. But I think of how good we really have it. I cannot imagine walking through the desert. Yesterday I was looking at some pictures of this festival, which I think is crazy, of this festival called Burning Man. I don't know if you've ever heard of this thing, but it seems insane. People leave their air-conditioned homes and go like 
stay in the desert to look at art. I think I'd rather go to a museum <laughs> that's air-conditioned. But this was daily reality for the, for the Israelites. They were living in a desert, in the wilderness. There's nothing out there. There's no food. There's no water. And this was the Israelites' day in and day out life. Of course, when I look at them, I say they had a right to grumble. But God's word says they have no right to grumble. Now, for the people of Israel, their sin was not that they were hungry. It's okay to be hungry. You can't help it. Even asking God for meat or bread is not sinful. God tells us to ask for daily bread every single day in the Lord's Prayer, right? Give us this, not even ask Him, but to say, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. He has us commanded. God tells you to ask him for these things. But their sin and our sin is the sin of not believing that God is going to provide it. They refused to believe the word of the Lord and they started looking elsewhere for their comfort, for their provision. They even looked back to their old slave masters. Does that sound familiar? You've been set free from sin. When you want comfort, where's the first place you think will offer it to you? Not sitting down and reading the Word of God. No, we tend to go to everything that we've been set free from. And then as a last resort, when we're reminded that those things don't work, then we return to the Word of God. See, God promised them that they were going to a promised land. Everybody knew it. They couldn't wait to get there. Yet, as soon as difficulty set in, they forgot where they were going because of the immediacy of their problem. We are going to a promised land. The moment you cross the Red Sea in your baptism being set free from your sin, heaven's yours. That's where you're going. Heaven, I promise you, is greater than anything you could ever imagine. St. Paul says, when I consider our future glory, it's hard for me to even consider my present suffering. But the problem is we never consider our future glory or the God who promised it. We just focus on the now. 
And for our sinful nature, it is all too difficult to wait for that promise. It is too difficult to go through the cross. It is too difficult to even suffer when the internet goes off. I about lost my mind when I got here. Uh, when I, I, my, my wife and I, we bought our, our first house. And we about lost our mind when it took us about 30 days to get internet. We totally forgot all about the promised heaven. Because we didn't have our internet now. You see what I mean? That's silly. At the same time, we grumble about our situation instead of realizing God's provision in the moment. God gives daily bread to everyone, even even to evil people without our prayers. But we pray in this petition that he would lead us to realize this and receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. We don't want to be a people of grumble, uh, grumblers. We want to be a people who are thankful. The promised land is ours. God says, I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. Say to them, at twilight you shall eat meat, and then in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. God met their immediate need. And guess what? They knew that he was their God in the moment. But guess what? Not too much later, you hear these same people who receive bread without work. Can you imagine receiving bread without work? They receive bread without work, without worry. And yet these same people at a later date say, we have nothing to eat and we loathe this worthless food. And you know what they're talking about? They're sick and tired of manna from heaven. That blows my mind, especially in light of John chapter 6. And this makes us even more guilty because we've seen the other side. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave them bread from heaven. But my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven. And gives life to the world. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And you know what we believe, teach, and confess? We receive the bread of life in in the bread of communion. We receive Jesus. That is a guarantee, a stamp, that what is yours? Well, God's Son is yours. And if God's Son is yours, 
Heaven is yours. It's got to kick myself in the pants to say, start counting your blessings instead of counting all your junk. Right? Start counting your blessings. And it starts out with number one, God's son is mine. What more could I want? Number two, God's son gives me heaven. Something totally undeserved. I can't earn it. I can't put in 40 hours a week and expect it as a pension. No. Even pensions will let you down. God's word will never let you down. That's what, that's, what, that's what we want to hold on to. Your deliverance has been won. Jesus gives you his life, his, in his life, suffering and death. He gives you immortal life. I totally lost the place on this uh, sermon, so I think I'm going to uh, wrap, wrap things up. The amazing thing about God is with the people of Israel, with their grumbling, I know what I'm tempted to do when, when my son grumbles about the meal. I am tempted to say, Okay, let's go to your room and you will not eat at all. You know, just, I'm kind of old school. <laughs> I'm just like, no, you will not complain. You're going to, you want, you're going to go to your room. But no, he fed them. God fed them. He could have wiped them out. He provided for them. He followed through. He followed through. He follows through with you as well. We grumble all the time, and yet week in and week out, to us ungrateful people, He still comes and gives us His Son, bread from heaven, in word and sacrament. He doesn't say, okay, no way. No way. This week you've complained too much, I'm not giving you Jesus. That's it. No more. No more bread from heaven. He says, please receive it. And this word, this word sanctifies you. It changes you. It makes you into someone grateful. If you're ungrateful today, that is a sign that you needed to be here. And I can tell you, if you were wondering if you are one of the ungrateful ones, you are. And so am I, big time. I'm, I'm ashamed by how ungrateful I am. But thanks be to God, He gives me bread to heal me, to change me. He gives me bread to be thankful for. He gives me his son. 
And now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.